Welcome, welcome to episode two of the Sales Catalyst podcast. I'm your host, Ari Barmapop, and I have my fellow co-host here, Zachary Blakely. Only my mother gets to use Zachary, Ari. It's Zach. I feel like I'm your mother sometimes, though. Uh, we have, I have to. And okay. we have our first guest speaker here, Elliot Cohen. Elliot Cohen, obviously the third co-founder of Foundation Sales Consulting. Elliot, welcome on the show. Great to be here, Ari. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I mean, I told you that you had to be on, so you kind of had no choice. But... <laughs> there you go. Bit of a recap on last time we went through Foundation Sales Consulting's background, where we came from, why I chose to start it, why I chose to bring Zach on. And then going on to that, we talked about enablement, training, and that's going to flow really nicely into today's second episode with Elliot. Elliot being our first hire for business development and training him on our process and how we went about things. But let's start off with a little bit of your background, Elliot. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what uh, what's your story before you joined Foundations? So before joining Foundations, I worked at a couple different early stage uh, startup companies in the software industry. And something that all these companies had in common was a lack of structure and a lack of, of sales process that was there at the time and needed to be developed. So I had the privilege of kind of you know, building out these different strategies, being able to battle test them over time. It's actually how I got connected uh, with Zach there as well. And these companies ended up being some of the the fastest growing companies uh, in the North American tech joint, both Wait, early at the hold, seed hold stage. Hold on how- a second. You got to work with Zach beforehand? <laughs> oh, yes, man. Exactly. My condolences, man. I, I didn't <laughs> realize that, that you had to work with him even before that point. Yeah, even I before I this know. point. Wasn't, I know. It was just uh, one of those times for Elliot. You know, had to get through it. Had to get on the other side of it. But here he is with all those lessons, right? There you go. You and take you know a lesson from everything. That, Ari, I said, never again. <laughs> never again. And then here we are. Here we are six, seven years later. Yeah. But I mean, that type of experience, you know, lended really lends really well to what we're doing right now. And how did you feel when you built up those organizations and kind of pulled it out from the ground and built everything up from scratch? Yeah, ebbs and flows, Ari, from a high level, feel really great about it. But a lot of people underestimate how much failure goes into finding and optimizing a really great sales strategy. So feel good about it in hindsight, but there was definitely a, a, a bit of a roller coaster in terms of, of emotions at the time. Absolutely. Well, I mean, shout out to my man, Alex Hermosi, who says that the failures that we go in through life are the lessons that we take with us through life and how we level up and get more skills. Absolutely. Well, it's, you know, I think anybody, you know, the old adage of even being an athlete as well, right? Anybody who's athletic out there or learned an instrument or has gone in through any sort of, you know, real skill, right? It's like, you got to, you got to first try and shred on the guitar and, you know, share, you know, scare your neighbors from three blocks <laughs> down, like nails on a chalkboard to be like, okay, that's, that's not how you do that. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's figure out how to do it differently. And you, you the only way you're going to get there is by pushing yourself into discomfort, right? You got totally. it. It's a, it's a great analogy, Zach. Similar to to shredding on a guitar, the amount of times that you need to, just need to go out there and make a mistake, and the amount of times that I've been sitting down at a table and I said, Zach, I can't sit here and tell you 
what the most successful strategy is going to be. But what I can do is try these 10 different things. This is how I'm going to go about testing these different things in an organized way. Uh, And what we can do in a relatively short period of time is figure out which one of these strategies is going to be a best fit for you, your business, and your goals. Absolutely. Fill fast, learn quick. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's something that you learn to master. You know, I talked about this a little bit ago on LinkedIn, you know, and the, the common adage of it's like a jack of all trades, a master of none. And most people just, that's all they think, right? They, the, the sort of quote stops there, but it's actually that often better than a master of one, right? That's the, that's the full quote. And the idea is, is that that, Bill. that yeah, exactly. That, that idea is, is that, 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 that jack of all trades masters the learning curve. Right. And that's something that's extremely important as you go through life and as you experience failure and you get comfortable with it and you see what it looks like, you start understanding it. You can almost start having foresight. You can see failure coming ahead of time, prepare yourself and organize yourself. And and as you go through that and as you learn different things, I what I've experienced in my life, going from everything from playing sports all the way into trying different instruments and theater and sales and leadership and all these different things is you start to see a symmetry, you start to see a line between how you learn. And going back to what Elliot's saying is, you can't always promise that you can come in the first time and deliver immediately. But you can say, listen, what I can do is I have a very strong process. I learn effectively. I'm very good at self-learning and self-identifying and looking at myself from a different perspective. And so over time, as I layer this, and as I go to market, to your point, Elliot, executing and trying it, then I can actually show you what learning looks like, which can help inform how people enter this organization and sort of move on. So Elliot, you know, for me, the big thing I want to ask you is as a BDR, what was that big thing that you can extract? And then also as an early learning AE, a big failure that you could extract that you sort of had to push yourself through and have the lesson on the other side. Yeah, I'm going to break the big thing down into two different components, first of which is that willingness to fail piece uh, that we we just discussed. And the second piece is the human nature side of sales, right? So on the first side, willing to fail, the thing that propelled me into being a great BDR, a great AE in a relatively unstructured environment was that I was willing to get out there. I was willing to pick up the phone. I was willing to send out that email, throw together that campaign and just let the market decide, Zach, if it's going to be effective messaging or the problem or challenge I'm pointing out is going to resonate. Uh, And then on the other side, there's a human nature aspect. So I never got any formal sales training from the perspective of this is how you articulate um, your solution to this different person, so on and so forth. So I always said, well, who's on the other side of the phone? or who's on the other side of the computer that I'm reaching out to. And let me think about them. Think about the challenges that they have. Think about what their objectives are and let me reverse engineer, not just my messaging, but all my strategy to totally fit the mold of who is on the other side of the phone. Now, I was super lucky. I actually studied accounting and my first sales role was selling into the office of finance. So it was relatively easily easy for me at the time to put myself uh, in their shoes and, and build out that reverse engineered messaging and approach to selling. Hmm. What I learned over time as I stepped into that AE role and worked with some, some really great leaders and mentors through my career 
was how to do that for for any persona that yeah. you're you're selling into yeah that's uh that's a you know right there i mean that's a whole other topic that we'll go into in another time we talk about your ability to fit your audience right being able to recognize and identify who you're speaking to up front not just maybe what their tasks would be but the actual person right how to imagine what their friends would be and then look like them right that's a that's a whole other skill that takes years to develop but i think that that willingness to learn piece is huge and i think that you know that's what that's one of the big ties why we all came in here, right? We've all been sales leaders. We've all been successful um, sales reps. We've all built all of that out. And now here we are sitting here with another willingness to learn, to fail, to build out our business, to start a podcast, to push ourselves. And I think that, you know, that's something that we've learned as a trait of successful people um, in following them over the last many years, right? So, um, so yeah, that's a great point. Tying it back to foundations, you went through your career working at a bunch of startups. You learned how to build something up from the ground up. And then Zach approached you and said, hey, I want you to join us at Foundation Sales Consulting. Why on earth would you say yes? <laughs> yeah, it's, Good it's, salesmanship. It's, say good salesmanship. <laughs> Do it. Zach really sold me on that one. Yes. Um, it's, 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 it's a really funny story, Ari. I was just sitting at home kicking. Zach and I stayed in touch. Zach was a director of sales at the first company that I that I worked at and really got my footing in terms of, of my sales acumen. He developed my scale skill set. We stayed in touch. And I get a call. It was like a Friday night. And, and Zach, Elliot, what are you doing tomorrow morning at 9am? Zach, I got nothing planned. He said, well, come over first thing in the morning. I said, okay, maybe he wants to go golfing or, or something like that. So anyway, I show up 9am. Uh, bright and early and Zach just lays it on me and says, Elliot, you got to get involved. Uh, the biggest reason, Ari, in addition to uh, understanding both yours and Zach's skill set and acumen and realizing this is an opportunity that couldn't and shouldn't be passed up on, uh, you know, the, the thing I really loved about the early stage of stages of my sales career was the unstructured environment that I was thrown into at these startups. When you sell and, and strategize really effectively, these unstructured environments start to become significantly more structured as the team grows, as the uh, organizational hierarchy starts to, to broaden in terms of you know its vertical level. And what I saw with foundations was the opportunity to jump back, jump back into that unstructured environment, build again, strategize, and not just do that internally here at foundations, but be able to help some of the most exciting startups uh, in the world do the exact same thing. So what I'm hearing it that was just because of me and Zach's story, right? And that once we get structure, right, he's gone, right? He's just, he's leaving because he needs to go sure. back into something completely. He needs chaos in his life. Yeah, so yeah, we exactly. need to make sure that we're we'll always start another company. We'll, put, we'll start another company. You just keep starting companies. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure out how to use your willingness to be in unstructured and uncomfortable environments. For sure. Well, let's not forget 90% of our effort is catered towards our clients and not internally here. So even if we build out that structure, 90% of my day is still going to be uh, helping other folks find their structures. So let's, that was let's a not great that interview thing. response. That's that was exactly, a very good interview response. That was a very good interview response. I mean, I don't even, I mean, you're hired. <laughs> Speaking of hiring, I think that this poses a very good question to making your first sales hire. 
So, Elliot, you've been salesperson number one or very, very close to it. Had to build out these go-to-market strategies and these sales playbooks for people. What I find is that when founders are looking for their first account executive role, their expectation is that person is going to be selling immediately. They're going to be building out the playbook. They're going to be acting as the VP of sales, the account executive, the BDR, and the customer success team all rolled into one. Mm. How successful does that end up being? Ari, it's an absolute disaster uh, <laughs> of a strategy. For, it's a dumpster for fire, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a dumpster fire. It is mind-blowing how often that's the expectation for a first or, or very early sales hire to do in addition like you said to the execution the strategy work and the supporting uh, of multiple different functions i think companies who rely on that strategy have to be so so lucky in their first hire to really get somebody who's entrepreneurial wants to build their own business one day um and is just there and eager eager to learn how to do it and to do it in that particular context so we see a lot of that it's unfortunate um but that's that we do see a lot of that. Curious, Ari, I know this is something that you speak about quite frequently. Um, you've met with a lot of companies on this. Are, are you seeing a lot of that approach as well? Or are folks starting to shift their mindset when it comes to bringing that first sales hire on board? Yeah, absolutely. People are definitely changing their minds from before where we looked at having that first sales hire and getting them to do everything to having someone come in like foundation sales consulting to build out that framework for them and then hire someone after the fact. And when that happens, the person and their first hire is set up for success so much better. And the question you have to ask is why are they set up for success? Well, they have a playbook that they can utilize. They have some direction. They have some scripts that they can start basing their own messaging off of, and there's an understanding of who they're speaking to. So when the first sales hire comes in and they're given all of those resources and their tech stack is set up properly to support them in that, they have to focus on one thing and one thing only, and that is selling. Even if they have to source their own deals in their own meetings, that's fine, but they have the messaging to go with it. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I think like, you know, when you're looking at your your first sales hire, you know, it's it's sort of utopic to think that you can, you know, you've got a, well, I mean, sort of backtracking there. You've got a, a product maybe founder, somebody who technical founder who doesn't have a lot of sales experience, right? So the first thing that they're looking to do is hire, make this first sales hire, this VP, this head of sales, right? But you got to remember, they don't have their they're a technical founder. They don't have sales experience. So what skills do they even have to properly identify the right leader? And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why there is a lack of success, right? I don't, I don't know. There, there's the, the breadth of the role and the bandwidth of the role, which I think contains its own problem. But then also separately, you've got people that are conducting what they think would be non-technical, just extremely personable interviews, but ultimately are very technical, deep, need to be you know, very in-depth. If you're hiring somebody that's going to be a founding AE or just going to be a founding salesperson, you've got to A, have the structure and sophistication to support and enable them. But you also have to be able to properly interview for what you said, Elliot, is being those skills. And 
look, we're salespeople. So when you're working with a salesperson, they might be selling skills they don't have. They might be overselling them. They might be overselling themselves like they might your product. And it's, again, you not being in sales might be hard for you to identify. Being an early founder, again, might be difficult for you to identify. So I think it sort of lines up as being a sort of mishap from the beginning. And then you end up with the salesperson who's probably making a big jump in their career, right? To, to take on this role. They've not done that job before. You have to be able, or there's somebody that's done it a million times, you're going to pay an astronomical amount for them and they're not going to execute for you, right? And so you're, you're sort of in these two different buckets. And I think that exactly to your point, Ari, that's why people are shifting their mindset. They're changing the way they think. They're working with organizations like us who they're like, listen, we need people that have been there and done it before, who've mastered the learning curve, right? So we have that box checked. Then we also need the people that can deliver the execution. We have that box checked. But then we need them to be able to hire, manage, and enable, and then ultimately transition into what can be an advisory and coaching role. So then our internal environment can grow. Another box to be checked. So again, thinking from Elliot's perspective and all of this, what we've talked about, what Elliot was saying was when he was working at his roles and figuring out how to sell as a BD, he thought, who's the person I'm selling to and what problem am I solving for them? Reverse engineer that and then create my product. And that's exactly what we did here. We identified that the market's shifting the way that they're thinking. We identified that the economy needs a lean and mean academy to build strong sales talent. And it needs to thrive off of sort of this Darwinian theory of survival of the fittest, right? And you need to position that at the lowest level and then let it grow. And that's what we are sort of coming to market to capitalize on is the opportunity to help founders and help organizations do that alongside the other organizations we help with, you know, deeper strategy and coaching. But that's what we identified. And ultimately, that's one of our main products in the sales incubator. Those are all some fantastic points, Zach. So to recap, it's a really bad idea to make your first sales hire when you have no foundation laid out beforehand. Yeah, uh, I, right? think that's, I think that that's the, that's the econ economical way of saying exactly that. You've got to... You've got to have the sophistication for them to come in and be successful. And you've got to have the sophistication yourself to be able to identify a skill set that will be successful. And that takes time, experience. And like we said, failure. Failure is the only way to learn. Elliot, do you have anything to add in there? Final point here. I think it's a very bold bet, Ari, for a company to hire, make that hire without that foundation laid out all the upside of that hire going well are already baked into the forecast and the downside should that hire not be successful are huge detrimental even especially for a company company that early on in its life cycle yeah so I and think especially especially like as you're saying too and you're pointing to is you know what we were talking about and, and, and learning about from the team at, at tech to last week was just the state of the state of the economy just doesn't allow for this sort of thing Right. That you, you know, you need to you need to have a plan and then you need to create a process and then you need to succeed into that plan. Right. Um, the capital isn't flowing around like it used to. Right. You can't take on, you know, that huge seed, that huge Series A, grow your sales team sort of recklessly, have them compete against each other and keep cutting your bottom 20 percent quarter over quarter and replacing them. It just it doesn't run well. It, you know, the cost of attrition, the cost of internal enablement. That just the cost of that turnover is, is just too high. And so right now, more than ever, in at least in our professional experience, you know, organizations need to be more thoughtful about creating an infrastructure and an ecosystem that people can even be successful in 
Um, and then at the same time, the nice part about it too, is once you create that structure for them to operationalize, you know, you're able to focus on other things as well. You have a structure that's able to maintain itself. And if you're a technical founder, you can focus on working with the technical team and build out your product, right? You can rely on, you know, a sales consulting agency like ourselves or a firm like ourselves to be able to help enable the team and get them through that day to day so that you can really focus on giving them what ultimately they're going to be asking for every day that they don't have it, which is a very effective product that sells well in the market, right? So, you know, ultimately all of those things being brought together, you know, organizations just need to be smarter. They need to be more efficient, right? Um, and that's just what the economy is calling for. And so with the first sales hire, salespeople can be free, right? So if you make the right decision, you know, we've talked about the impact of making the wrong decision, right? But let's also talk about like our independent stories as being founding AEs and being those people that were identified and that, you know, had the support to get there. Look at the output that we created for these organizations, right? We talk about what can happen if you make the mistake. Well, let's talk about what can happen if you make the right decision as well, right? If you find that right person at the right time, that can change your business entirely. The power of a very motivated, successful and enabled salesperson, right? So yeah, I think that all of changer. this together. Sorry? The game changer. Yeah, it's a game changer. It's the TSN turning point, as they would say, right? And uh, and that and that's the thing. And making that hire at the right time too. All strategic things that take a while, but you know, it can lead to different experiences. And we see the ones that do it right, you know, and we see those the, you know, those reps that use these companies as springboards to grow themselves and the companies themselves, very symbiotic relationship. And then, you know, like we said, and we've alluded to, you can see the opposite as well. We look to fill that gap. Um, That's a great point, Zach. This wraps up the second episode of the Sales Catalyst podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm your host, Ari Barmpov. This is Zach Blakely. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, do all those things that social media wants you to do. And for now, we will see you later on the next episode of the Sales Catalyst podcast. Take care, everyone.